Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. So we've entitled this series, starting today, Wind and Fire, and when you read the scriptures, there's two word pictures that we get of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, we know that uh, he told the early disciples, hey, you need to wait. You need to wait here until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't do anything great until you receive the Holy Spirit. The next chapter, there was an amazing prayer meeting that took place in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, 2 and 3. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. So they're waiting there in the upper room in a prayer meeting when the Holy Spirit descends for the first time. And it says, when the Holy Spirit came, it was like a rushing wind and like fire resting over their heads. Now, I love these analogies because they're great. They paint a picture for us. We realize, think about it, and what we know about fire, you can be next to a fire. You don't even have to touch a fire to feel its presence and to feel its power. Wind is another great analogy in this. Think about wind for just a moment. Uh, Wind is one of those things that's not tangible. We can't see it with our eyes. We can't even grab a hold of it, yet undeniably we know that it is there. And we see the impact of the wind, but we can't see the wind. While those are two great word pictures for us, here's what some of us maybe feel when we come and we get ready to hear a talk about the Holy Spirit. We either put it in the category of mysterious or very misunderstood or both together. And many of us, because of our church background, we grew up in all different types of backgrounds. Growing up, I heard many messages on the Holy Spirit like you did. And I I just knew that he was there, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I kind of knew it like I had a cerebral cortex that uh, I was appreciative for it. I was thankful and that he did something great, but I, I really didn't know really what, what. Maybe that was you growing up. On the flip side, some of you grew up in a church environment where the Holy Spirit, if we were kind of honest, we, he kind of took the uh, center stage as the star every week. God and Jesus was good, but the Holy Spirit took center stage like every single weekend, and maybe for you, it got a little weird, or it got a little weird, but For many of you, neither of these are true. You grew up in a church, and if you didn't grow up in a church, when someone starts talking about the Holy Spirit, you're like, this is really mysterious. And uh, I want to, as we talk about and we go into this series today, leading us into the next couple of weeks and into the Holy Spirit Conference, that I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do some great things in our church and through you and through me as a church body. And we want to look at this and, and, and understand together what God is saying to us as the church through his spirit today, right now. And I know that um, how many of you, you've, you've looked at the word, you've heard many messages, you maybe read about it, you say, you know, you know when it comes to God and Jesus, you know, I've heard and I, I know a lot about them, but how many of you would raise your hand right now and say the Holy Spirit is the one that I know best? There's a couple, and, and, and that's good. But for the most part, most of our hands were not raised, that we probably have a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? How on earth do I get his power and his presence in my own life? And uh, we know that he's powerful because we see him in the early church. We see him in the book of Acts. 
And think about it this way, if you will. Nothing happened in the early church. All the miracles, all the epic things that happened in the early church happened because the power of the Holy Spirit was at work. Nothing miraculous and powerful happened without the work of God's presence. So what I want us to do in this series is not just understand who the Holy Spirit is, but that you and I would experience the Holy Spirit in new ways when he comes upon us, because he is going to come upon us. Wind and fire through this series that starting at the basics, when you, you look at scripture, there, there's really two words. And I understand as I'm speaking to a group the size online Clearbrook campus today, that I understand that many of us maybe have a really good understanding of the Holy Spirit. Others of you, maybe not so much. Because understandably, I'm speaking at all different levels here. And so, so I get that. For, so please just allow me as we go through this series to kind of talk sometimes in just basic terms. Because sometimes even pastors can make assumptions that we think everybody's at a certain place and they're not. Are you with me? And so I want to start there and look at that as we go through it because God wants us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And how he operates and how I don't understand the Holy Spirit completely. I want to know more. So as we lean in, let's start at the basics. As you realize, the Old Testament word for spirit is the word ruach. The New Testament is pneuma. And these words have one common root experience, and it is the word wind. That's the root for both of them. And, and, uh, and this analogy is really powerful of this wind how powerful it is. Just imagine, if you think about it like a sailboat for just a moment, you work so hard, if you own a sailboat, to make sure it's in tip-top shape. You talk to other sailors, you know, you want it to be in pristine shape all the time. You read the manual completely on the sailboat, and you do everything right. Why? Because what's the point of the sailboat? It's for when you're in the open seas, this thing's going to start taking off. And that's what God wants for every one of our lives. We want our lives to soar. We want our marriages to take off, our families to take off, our jobs to soar as well. When you put this thing out in the open seas and you've worked so hard and you've done everything right to get it there, what's the only thing that really matters to the sailboat? What is it? The wind. That's right. The wind. That's it. Without the wind, you and I aren't getting anywhere fast. And, and, and some of us feel like, I'm not getting anywhere fast. In our, so, so let this, this series speak to you. The interesting thing about the wind is we don't control it. No one controls it. God's in control of it. Jesus even said in the Gospels that the wind goes where it wants to go. How many of you have ever known that in life, right? The physical wind, it just goes where it wants to go. You can't control the wind, right? Were you trying to catch the wind? We are all trying to harness the wind in our lives the wind of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. And so I pray that you catch the work of the Holy Spirit in your life today through this series, that we would catch it as a church and understand what he is saying to us. But the problem is with most Christians is we don't have enough wind in our sails. We don't have it. And maybe the problem with most churches is we, we don't have enough wind and that's what we want here at Abundant Life Church. And let me make this clear. If you're a Christian here today, the moment that you accepted Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit came inside of you and began to do a new and a powerful work. Those that have decided to follow Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit is in you. The, think about the words of Jesus when he was leaving his disciples and he was getting ready to leave and go to heaven to be with his father. 
we realize that he spoke some very pertinent words about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 1. He said, well, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. There, get, get that understanding. But also the verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Who is that spirit? He says, it's the spirit of truth. How many of you know that we need the spirit of truth right now in our lives and in the world that we live in? I'm amazed at how much junk is being spread out there every single day. We need the spirit of truth at work. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And we're going to come back to this word another in just a moment. And just hold that thought. But the word advocate means counselor, helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father to give you the Holy Spirit to help you to be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth. So if you're a Christian here today... You have the full presence and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you're not a Christian here today, you don't have that spirit inside of you yet. But you can sense the Holy Spirit on occasion. You know, there's a big difference in having something and harnessing its power. Isn't that true? You can own a Lamborghini and it sits in your garage and you never harness the power of that vehicle. And we want to learn in this series, and I want to invite every single one of us in this journey, that we would not just learn about the Holy Spirit, but we would experience the impact and the power of God's presence in our lives, that every weekend is going to be impactful. And today, I want to talk to you about the one thing that I think keeps many Christians away from experiencing the Holy Spirit more than anything else, and here's what it is if you're taking notes. We've forgotten the Holy Spirit is a person. We have to start there, that we have forgotten the Holy Spirit is a person first, because that's what the Bible says. And when I say a person, I'm not talking about human, but he's personal. The Holy Spirit is very personal in our lives. But what if God intended for him to have him speak to your life in such a way in every area of your life that you know that he is so personal that, that it's just like Jesus standing next to you? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Could you imagine going through your day with Jesus as your constant companion right near you? For some of you who are single, you're going on a date, right? You're trying to discern, is he the one? Is she the one? Should I even go out for another date with this person? I'm not even sure. But he's cute and she's funny and he has a good job and, and everything is checking the boxes, right? But you ask in that moment, hey, God, is this person for me? But it, Jesus is right there and you know he's right beside you and, and you look over and say, hey, Jesus, is this person for me? What do you think? And he's like, no way, run for your life. Some of you needed that years ago, but um, <clears throat> can you imagine if Jesus were throwing a party and you ran out of wine or Chex Mix and bam, Jesus fills it immediately. Can you imagine Jesus standing right there, just boom, fills it, right? That'd be great. But I want to show you what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing and mind-boggling as well. You listen to what Jesus said in these words, John chapter 16, verse 7. I tell you the truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's for your benefit that I'm going to leave and I'm going to go away. And you imagine the disciples like, hey, Jesus, what? I mean, wait a minute. It's to our benefit that you're going to leave us? Yeah. Listen to what he says. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come. 
But if I go away, I will send him to you. Do you understand the implications of what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is telling, and let this sink in, the Holy Spirit in me is better than Jesus beside me. That's the implication. How could that be? You know why I don't think we really believe that many times is we, you think about it rationally. If Jesus was here physically right now, do you understand that Jesus could only be at one place at a time? And if you need Jesus and he's in Hong Kong, I mean, you're in trouble, right? He's gone. But you understand that even scripture paints this out because here, Lazarus, he's sick and he's dead. And Mary's a couple of miles from Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, I need you over here. Remember? Where's Jesus? I need you to come over here because Lazarus, he's dead and he needs to be raised to new life and, and uh, we don't know what we're going to do. And what Jesus says inside of scripture is, Jesus, I'm going to send you someone that's just like me, just like God, and he's going to live in you and, and better than me right beside you. That's the presence of me that I'm going to have inside of your life now. Understand this, that now because of the Holy Spirit, God can be with us at any place that we are at in any believer's lives at any moment. And that is absolutely powerful. But do you know why you feel God's presence when you come to church? Because God's spirit is living and breathing inside of someone right next to you and all around you in this church. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work. That's why Abundant Life, we really believe in people being part of a group. No matter what their age no matter what season of life they're in, but they become a part of a group so that when you come in and you feel defeated or when you don't sense God at all, that you come into a group where the Holy Spirit is at work, that you sense the Holy Spirit, you sense the warmth of his presence, you sense what he is doing so that you can be encouraged and the Holy Spirit can speak into your life in that moment. Why is it that we have such a hard time believing that the Holy Spirit in us is better than Jesus beside us. Well, here's the big idea. Our tendency is to think of the Holy Spirit as an it, not a who. And if you miss out on the fact of that, and I miss out on the fact of that, that the Holy Spirit is absolutely personal, you're going to miss out on the power and the presence and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let me give you a few reasons why we know that the Holy Spirit is important. Just a few. There's a lot more than this. Remember 14.6 of John. He used the, used the word another, another, counselor, comforter. There's two words that are interpreted in scripture for this. And one of those is heteros is something that is similar, but inside of here, Jesus chose to use the word alos, meaning something that's the same. Jesus said, it's absolutely the same. The Holy Spirit is the same. And so I'm going to bring you something into your life that is just like me. It is absolutely, he is absolutely the same. And so the first one is Jesus said, they are the same. They are. Have you ever wondered when you hear about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that they can all be separate but the same? That maybe you've heard it as water has been used to describe the Trinity. You've had like liquid is one of them solid, one of them steam, and they're all H2O. Or like the egg, you've heard the egg, you know, analogy. One's the yolk, one's the white, one's the shell, but they all make up the egg. And I think all of those analogies, what happen is they break down at some point. Because we're told throughout Scripture that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all same. They're all the same, and they're all unique. And so when I was in Bible college learning about the work of the Holy Spirit, I had a great professor in the book of Acts that gave a perfect explanation that really made so much sense. The problem is I didn't write that down, so I'm not going to be able to share it with you today. I'm sorry about that. But 
I'm going to try. I don't think we should get so wrapped up trying to explain the Trinity, and here's why. I don't think an infinite God can be fully explained by a finite being. And, and I'm not sure this side of heaven we ever will. That you and I are all limited and God is bigger. You know, we don't believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, because we can explain them. We believe because they are revealed to us by God. And in the world we live in, we want everything explained to us exactly so. It's got to fit within the boxes and the rationale of our mind. But that is not how God works, and his word does not work that way. God doesn't need for us to explain him. He wants us to experience him. And I, I don't think you can fully experience all the power and the presence that God wants in your life until you fully understand how personal the Holy Spirit really is. So Jesus said they're the same. And number two, Scripture says the Holy Spirit can be lied to and grieved. Wow. Have you ever lied to an it? Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, right? Yeah. No, Acts chapter 5, when the, Peter said to Ananias, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Listen, he's really, in this, in essence, you lie to a person, not an it, Right? Scripture says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can make the Holy Spirit have sorrow. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. You can lie, you can grieve to people, but not in it. The Holy Spirit is personal. And when you and I don't understand the Holy Spirit, that he really is personal in our lives, we miss out on the promptings of the Holy Spirit, that he wants to speak to you and me today. I mean, how would your relationship with God change if you saw the Holy Spirit in you the same as Jesus beside you? I think it would radically change us. It would radically change us in the direction and what we do every single day, whether right or wrong. I think we begin to hear God's voice and his direction in our life at a new level. And here's the main point. If the Holy Spirit isn't personal, You'll miss his promptings in his life. I will. You will. And I think many times what we do is we miss the work of the Holy Spirit because we dismiss that it's not from God, right? That we don't think it's him. That really it is his voice, and we miss it so many times. And God wants to speak into every area of our life today. You know, you don't walk around listening to air or tree or rocks, do you? If you do, come forward after the service and I'll talk to you about that. You may... The Holy Spirit is personal. He's personal. He knows where you're at today. He knows what you're going through. It's all throughout Scripture. He is personal. Number three, Jesus says we can hear the Holy Spirit. We can. Here are a few examples in Scripture. John 16, 13 says the Spirit will guide you. If you're needing guidance today, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide you. I bet every person in this room needs guidance in some area in their life today. The Holy Spirit is here to guide your life. Luke 2, 27 says, Simon was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was moved to do something by the Spirit. He was literally moved. Acts 20, 22, it says, Paul was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He was compelled. He was moved. He was nudged. Whatever way you want to put it, he was compelled to leave the very place that he was at to be moved to a new place. Can you imagine hearing from God and you were compelled to go to a certain location or whatever it may be or a certain assignment? That's what God's spirit will do for you. But how will you know if it's a prompting from God or just a bad burrito? 
You ever wondered that? Yes. We've always, all of us have experienced something like that. God, is this really from you? Or is this just something that I ate? Or, you know, I'm, I'm just fatigued. I'm tired and, or whatever it may be or something. I just don't feel good. And, and you know, sometimes we think, and I, and I think, you know what, it, it's okay to sit there and really stop for a moment and really ask God, God, is this from you or is this just from me? Or is this from the enemy prompting me? And how am I supposed to know the difference? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you three quick ways as we look at this today to know. Number one, being prompted by the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word ever. Just baseline. That, that his promptings will never contradict God's word ever. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Ever. So as you look at it, you're going through what you're going through. The promptings that you are feeling, maybe even as you sense right now or this last week of what God told you to do or what you thought God told you to do, that you realize that that prompting will never, ever contradict God's word. That's why you and I should know the word. Let me take this one step further. Being prompted by the Holy Spirit will not contradict God's word, a godly spouse, and other godly people speaking into your life. Now, you have a right when somebody speaks a word to you, and they said, hey, it's led by the Holy Spirit, that you and I have a right to say, well, let me see if that lines up with God's word. We're called to test that word. Amen? And so, but the promptings of the Holy Spirit will never contradict what God has already said and written inside of his word. Number two, being prompted by the Holy Spirit will never be purely selfish. I think this is so important to know because if you're feeling like you're doing something today and it's only for your benefit and nobody else's benefit and you're the only one that's going to reap the benefit of that, that is not the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking out for your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. There will be times, though, I want to say this, you'll be led by his promptings and you will benefit from it. I'm not saying that. God loves you, but if it's purely selfish, it's likely not the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to think about that for a moment because there may be things in our life that we're doing right now that we think are God, but it is only benefiting you, you can know through God's word, that is not the Spirit's prompting. Number three, being prompted by the Spirit will usually cost you something. And I will tell you, probably most times it will. That the Holy Spirit is just in that inner voice, through God's word, through somebody else. There's an inner prompting, and that prompting, will cost you something. It's going to cost you something. That you're going to have to not just look at the nice Lamborghini in the garage, but you're going to have to open the garage door and you're going to have to act on what you already know. And it's going to cost you something in the way that will make your life different. To invite somebody to church, you're going to have to give up on fear and in that moment to invite them and say, hey, would you come with me to church? I'm gonna have to give up on some things in my own life that are gonna say, hey, you know, for a moment, it's gonna disrupt my, my, my confidence, but God, my confidence is in you. 
prompted to give up some time to serve and to love others. How many of you know that's going to cost you something? It's going to cost you something. I mean, men and women of the Bible who followed God that heard his promptings, there were those that not only just heard his voice that went and did it, but they paid a price for it. There's a price to be paid to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to give something up because that's what he's asking us to do. Now listen, I have felt God prompting me throughout my life many times and I have missed it more times than I got it. How about you? Oh man, there's so many times. I'm serious. I've looked back and uh, yeah, that was you prompting me. I didn't realize that. I, I, I missed it. I missed it. We do that. But here's what I encourage you to do. To get right back up again and listen to the voice of the Spirit because He's constantly speaking to you and me. Even when we put off God's voice, even when sometimes we just say, no, I don't want to hear anymore, God. No, no, no. I just want to shut that down in my life. No, 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 no. Come right back again and say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry. I miss you. Forgive me. I'm here to hear your voice and I'm, I'm ready to act on it. And I'm ready to do it. Listen, I don't get a letter in the mail from God. Do you? No. Promptings. I mean, there's a feeling that you can't get out of your heart and your soul today. As I'm preaching this message today, God is putting promptings in your spirit. It might not even have to do with anything I said. But that's okay, because the Holy Spirit is at work, because he knows where you are at in this moment. And so act on that. Act on that word today. Do what he says. And so the thing that matters in your life is catching the wind. We don't control it. We catch it. We catch it. Catch the wind. Catch the wind. You have to begin viewing the Holy Spirit as, 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 as a person. He's personable. He, he, he's, he's just like Jesus being next to you. But better than that is Jesus living within you. Are you going to miss him? So the challenge for this week is, are you ready for a challenge? Let's do this together. Help me to hear your promptings this week and act on them. God, help me and show me how personal you are. God, help me to hear your promptings this week and act on them today, this moment. Lord, what are you prompting me to do? Okay, write that down. Put it in my heart and put it in my mind. I'm going to do this because, Lord, you're speaking and you're prompting me. So God wants to speak to, into your life more than you want to hear him. That's for sure. If you listen, you act. You can't just listen and do nothing. You got to harness the power. You got to put the sails up and you got to get ready to go after what God has called you to do. He might prompt you today to forgive your husband. He might prompt you to forgive your wife, to forgive one of your children that's done things and said things about you. Things, something you've held on to for so many years, a, a bitter spirit, something that's inside of you, maybe pride. There might be just areas of anger inside of you that you just, you're just at any moment ready to just boil over. Today, he is prompting every single person in this room to do something. So would you lift your sails? Would you catch the wind of the Spirit, what He's saying to you today? Would you do it? 
Would you allow it? So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and allow the Spirit to speak into us personally for you today. What is the Spirit saying to you today? Not somebody else, to you. Father, we want to hear your voice through the work of your Spirit. Lord, we want to lift our sails to catch the wind. We don't control the wind. We catch it. We catch it to what you're saying to us this morning. No matter where we are at, whether we're here in Stephen City or in the park in Clearbrook or whether we're at home sitting on our couch at work, Holy Spirit, you are prompting every heart to do something. And may we act on it in this moment. Father, I thank you for it. Lead us. Lord, we just don't want to be a church that sings about a move of your spirit. That just hopes for a mighty move of God. But Lord, help us to step into it and catch it. The work of your spirit. Breathe on us, we pray. And that in this room, in this time of prayer, there may be somebody that is here you have felt the tug and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to find Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And you may be here today and you have felt that through this service, maybe before you got here, maybe this week, before you even came, even listened to this message, that the Holy Spirit has been prompting you to give your life to Him. And it's very simply, very simple today. Confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, very simple, that in this moment, Christ can come and live in you. If today you say, you know what? I want to come and I want to ask for forgiveness of my sins and I know that through that I will be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Is there anybody here that says, yes, that's me today? Can I see your hand? I see that hand here on my right. Any other hands? Any other hands? Being raised. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you right now for the prompting of your spirit. That Lord... I thank you, Father, that even the one, you left the 99 to go after the lost. And so, Father, I thank you at this moment that you tell us in your word that if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, Jesus is Lord. But, Father, we have you as our Lord and Savior. And that you're faithful and just to forgive us. And so, Lord, we give you praise. Lead us, Lord, now through this series. Lead us, Lord God, through this week. That The challenge is to hear your voice and to act upon your word. Father, more than anything else, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.